Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Good morning, everyone. So good to be here with all of you this morning, and yes, thank you so much um, just for yeah, your kind words this morning. It was a, an interesting moment when Megan bought me flowers one time, and I came home, and I was like, oh, these are nice. Like, who'd you get these for? And she was like, oh, these are for you. I was like, oh, I've, no one's ever bought me flowers before. <laughs> um, and I may not have been the nicest about it and said something about, you know, in the future, chocolate is normally, like, better, like beef jerky or something, but... Um, it was a great thought, it was very nice, but yeah, that was uh, one of the more interesting moments in our marriage. So, yeah, this morning I am really excited to get to be here with all of you and share something the Lord has placed on my heart. This uh, past week, my family was on vacation, and we had a great time. It was my parents and my two sisters and their, all their kids and my wife Megan and uh, we went away for about four days, uh, and it was just a really good time of just getting to connect and getting to have some time as family. And one of the things that's really interesting, particularly for Megan and I, because we don't have kids, is when you go to a place where I have six nieces and nephew, and one nephew, or five nieces, one nephew, and uh, when you're in one house with them for an extended period of time, you don't realize the noise that is just always there when they're awake. Um, it's just constant, and it's, it's great, it's beautiful, we love it, uh, but we got home on Thursday, and we just sat in the quiet, and we were like, oh, this is, this is great. Um, we were so tired. Uh, it was great. It was a good tired, but we were, we were pretty tired after that. And one of the interesting things with, uh, when, you're, when you're with kids, and any parents out there, I'm sure you know this, and something, Megan and I, we just got to observe, it was great, uh, this happening, is kids need naps, right? Like, it's just, it's it's good for them, especially when they're little, you know, like one, two, three, that age range. Naps are great. It's, it's a time when they can rest. They are so much happier after they take a nap. Uh, but something that was really interesting watching is that usually kids don't realize they need a nap, right? Try to just put them down for a nap. And the tireder they are, the more that they need the nap, the angrier they get that they have to take the nap, right? <laughs> It's this like weird thing of, you would think, okay, you're tired, this would be great, you'll be excited about it. No, they are not happy. And so we, we got to watch this play out every afternoon. My family has a, a tradition from like one o'clock to three o'clock, it's quiet time in the house, the youngest kids go for a nap, the older kids have to play quietly, and the adults just get to hang out and eat food and not have to think about all the kids that are around. Um, it's great, but we got to watch this play out. And it was something that as I was thinking about my message this week, and I think Megan actually was the one that pointed this out, um, how often is this the way that we treat rest? Yeah. We, we think, like, we kind of know we need it, maybe we're a little bit tired, but we don't want to take the time to rest. We, we don't want to take the time to take a break. Um, we push ourselves, we, we get angry at times even with our, you know, our full schedule and missing out on things, we fill our lives with things, and we think, I don't, I don't want to take time to take a break. Or it feels wrong to take a break. I, I have so many things on my plate. I have so many things I need to get done. I don't have time to rest. And so this morning, I want to uh, dive into this a little bit, um, and particularly talking about the idea of Sabbath 
and uh, the idea of taking a day to really honor the Lord and to rest. Um, so I want to start with Matthew eleven twenty eight, And Jesus is talking here, and he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I feel like every time I, I read that, I just get to breathe this deep sigh of relief of, yes, Lord, that is what I want. I want to be able to come to you with all the things that are in my life, all the burdens I'm carrying, all the, all the things that are too big for me. And I just want to be able to come to you and say, here, Jesus, take them. Take this from me because I want your rest. I want to be able to rest in you. And uh, if we go forward a little bit here into Hebrews, um, it talks about uh, Jesus being our Sabbath rest and it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest. So in here, when it talks about those who uh, had not obeyed, he's referring to the Old Testament. He's talking about the Israelites. They were given this promise of rest in the promised land. Uh, and those that had originally come out of slavery were, were given this, this promise of, hey, when you enter into the promised land, you're going to be able to enter into this rest, into the Lord's rest. But they were disobedient. And so an entire generation died off before the people of Israel were able to actually enter the promised land. So they were, because of their disobedience, they weren't able to enter into that. But through this verse, we can see that because we have believed in Jesus, because we have uh, uh, put our faith in him, we get to enter into an eternal rest through him. We get to enter into the rest that comes through knowing him. And so um, in Jesus, we have, uh, and the writer of Hebrews will go on to talk about this more, um, in Jesus, we have the ultimate Sabbath rest. We have that ultimate rest. But it's a rest that is both now and not yet. It's a rest that we get the opportunity to enter into now, but there's also a rest that is coming that we're going to get to enter into. And so this morning, um, I want to talk about just one way, um, just really practically, particularly with taking a day, because um, Sabbath, when we think of Sabbath, normally that's what we think of. We think of a day of the week that we're setting aside. Um, so taking a day to really be able to enter into that rest, to be able to enter into that time with the Lord um, where we're able to rest in him. And I think it's really helpful to go back and look at how did Sabbath start? So what was the, what was the intention behind it? Um, I think it's really interesting because there's a lot that the Old Testament talks about with Sabbath. And we see that, some of that going in the New Testament. And we get to um, kind of explore that a little bit. Um, so we're going to start at the very beginning. We're going to go to Genesis 2. And Genesis 2, 2 3, 3 says, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So God starts out, and he creates everything, right? So he creates the entire universe. He is just doing all these amazing things. Um, he creates man, and then he blesses it. And then it says that God stopped, and he rested. And he took that day that he rested on and he blessed it as a day. Um, it says that God blessed the Sabbath day. And one of the th uh, things that I find really interesting, if you go farther on and read, and God is talking to Moses in the law, and he's talking about the need for Sabbath. Um, in Exodus 31, 17, 
God talks to Moses and he repeats this creation passage. So he's talking about for six days, I created the world and on the seventh day I rested. And he goes on to say, this is a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And I love that last phrase, and was refreshed. Because if you look at it, a lot of scholars believe that that word refreshed, really it translates into he took a deep breath. He took a moment and almost like just sighed over his creation, sighed over the beauty that he had created, enjoyed, delighted in what he had created. He took a moment to pause and, and rest in that. And I love that idea because when you think about God resting, obviously it wasn't because he was tired. It wasn't like, oh man, I've worked so hard and now I, I need a break. You know, it was this moment of taking pause to just enjoy, to be able to delight in it, to, to be able to stop for a moment um, and just enjoy what he had created. So as we move forward um, with this, an interesting thing to note is that Sabbath uh, preceded the fall. So the Sabbath started before the fall had ever happened. So this was something that God had put in place originally before sin had ever entered the world, before uh, that was something that we were even having to deal with. God put this into kind of the rhythm of the universe. He put it into how things worked from the very beginning. Uh, but then we see that man comes in and he messes it up. And now we have this scenario where uh, there is sin in the world, and there are things that entangle us, that pull us away from this, the rest of God, that pull us away from that Sabbath of being able to stop and just enjoy God's presence, because we have all these other things that are in there. So if we fast forward to the Israelites um, and the, the time when they are coming out of slavery, so Matt even alluded to this a little bit this morning, where the Israelites are coming out of slavery, the Lord has done all these amazing things. I mean, we're talking about uh, miracles and signs and wonders, and he parts the Red Sea, and, you know, they get out of this 400 years of slavery. I mean, imagine that, 400 years. We're talking if we had been in slavery since the 1600s, so this is a long time. Finally, God has delivered them. He's brought them into freedom, and so they go out into the desert, and wouldn't you know it? All they needed was to start wondering about food. They got a little hungry, wondering, okay, how are we going to eat? How are we going to, how are we going to survive out here? There's the, you know, we've been led into this desert place. And they start complaining to Moses saying, you brought us out here to die. Like, there's nothing out here. It would have been better for us if we had died in Egypt. Um, and in uh, Exodus 16, we read the Israelites grumbling to Moses and Aaron. And they say, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So they were not happy um, at that point. Uh, and then Exodus 16:4, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. That is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So God says to Moses, okay, I've heard, your, I've heard the people's complaint. I'm going to provide for them. I'm going to not only provide, I'm going to make it really easy, where I'm going to actually rain down manna, which was like this kind of bread almost, from heaven that they just have to go out and collect. And 
So he does this, but he does it in a way that builds trust between the Israelites and him. Because he says, I want you to be my people, and I want you to trust me. So I'm going to test you, and I'm only going to provide enough manna for the day that you're in. So you can't go out and collect a month's worth of manna. You can't even go out and collect two days' worth of manna. You can only collect today. And what we see is some people don't trust God, and they gather a couple days' worth of manna. And the next day, the manna that they gathered is stinky, and it has worms in it, and it, it gets gross. But God also says, but on the seventh day, I want to provide a rest for you. Just as I rested during creation, I want to provide rest for you. And so on the seventh day, the manna that they collect on the sixth day, because they've collected twice as much, does not go bad. And it's something that they can eat and enjoy that. And as we go farther into the story of the Israelites in the desert and they're wandering around, we see that the, the command of Sabbath, this practice, um, almost becomes more and more serious. In fact, it ends up being one of the Ten Commandments. So in Exodus 20, when they talk about when God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments, um, we see verse 8 to 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any, uh, any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God took this really seriously. He not only had this be something that Moses commanded to the people and then very practically had acted out where you know they couldn't actually get food on a day that... Um, was the Sabbath, uh, but he also put it into the Ten Commandments. In fact, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it takes up 30% of the Ten Commandments. If you were to write it out, it's, it's 30% of the Ten Commandments in terms of length, in terms of how much space it takes up, um, is dedicated to the Sabbath. And it's also interesting, it's the one that really, um, if you look at it today, it's kind of the only one that's like a spiritual discipline of saying, this is something I want to keep bringing you back. Um, so this is a really interesting commandment that God's given us. It's, it's a really interesting um, time frame in terms of him building that trust within Israel to come back and rest in him and rely on him. Um, and I think that this was really, the reasoning for this really makes sense if you look at where Israel was coming from. And so Israel had been in slavery uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they're coming out of this and they're learning how to trust, not in themselves, not in their own strength, not in, um, you know, even in uh, the Egyptians who had enslaved them and I'm sure, you know, had systems and things in place. They're having to learn how to trust in God. And I really like this uh, quote by uh, theologian N.T. Wright. Um, he writes this about uh, the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Yahweh has two problems. He has to get Israel out of slavery, easy, so... He's able, to, he's able to do that quite easily. I mean, it doesn't look easy to us, but for God, being able to uh, do the miracles, send the plagues, take them through the Red Sea. Um, and, but then Wright goes on and says, he has to get the slavery out of Israel hard. He has to get the slavery out of Israel. I mean, think about that. They have been living for 400 years under the oppression of the Egyptians. They have been living for 400 years with um, a mindset of slavery, a, a mindset of 
you know, never having enough, never being able to rest, never being able to have a break, because um, we read uh, earlier in, in Exodus about how the Egyptians drove the Israelites. Um, and so now they're in a place where God is teaching them, hey, this is not the way I created you to be. I created you to live differently. And so I'm going to put things in place that are going to allow you to change the mindset, to change the way that you're thinking, to change the way that you're living so that you can be free. And so I think in this we see that Sabbath is really, it's a pathway to freedom. It's a pathway to allowing us to walk in the freedom that the Lord has given us um, through being in his presence, through being able to be restored and and to be able to rest in him. Um, And I think if you look at our world today, um, we don't, you know, we're not in physical slavery. We're not um, in a place where we have that kind of oppression. But we, there, are so, there are so many things that we can be enslaved to. There are so many things that can entrap us, that we can, uh, you know, be, um, be tied to. I mean, uh, just think about your phone, right? Like, it's always with you. You, it's, it's always going off. Like, if you get a text message, like, there are studies showing that that sends a little dopamine to your brain, um, excitement about what that says. And yes, phones are, are great. There is a lot of good uses for them. But just think about the ways that um, the world could get tied into you. And think about some of the ways that, um, even from a just a, a mental health standpoint, I mean, that's been huge lately, right? Studies that they've done on just the, even how social media and different things um, affect your mental health. Um, and so there are ways now that I feel like um, that are so easy for us to go into having a slavery mindset. Even though we're not in Egypt, even though we're not in that physical slavery, you know, being, even from a standpoint of in the West here, we, we do have a lot of wealth. We do have a lot of uh, things we get to enjoy, and it's a blessing, and it's great at times, but also we do have that consumerism that comes along with that, right? That we need to buy more. We need to keep up with other people. We need to, we need to be a, uh, a little bit better at this, or I need to work a little more hours so I can have a little bit more, so I can do a little bit uh, more with my, with my things, right? Um, and it ties it in. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, my parents were visiting some friends uh, recently, and these were friends that they had had back when um, they had been missionaries, and uh, they had gone on to be really successful and ended up um, having like several houses all over the country and, and all these different things. Um, and my parents made the observation that um, they were miserable, like because all they could think about was how to keep up with all their stuff. They had all these different houses. They had all these different things that they could do. Um, they had all these different plans that they could make. Um, and once again, I'm not saying wealth is bad. I think the Lord blesses us to be able to use wealth to help build his kingdom. There's, there's so much that can come of that. But when the wealth starts to control you, when it starts to enslave you into that mindset of, oh, oh man, I got to take care of this, or oh, I got to do this, or um, oh, I need to keep what I have, um, it's something that we need to pay attention to. Um, so as... We think about Sabbath, um, I think one of the things that's really great about it is it's an opportunity for us to take a day every week and stop. It's a day for us to say, okay, you know, for six days, God has given me to work. Six days, he's given me to do the things I need to do, to work when I need to work, to, um, to get everything done that needs to be done. But on the seventh day, I get to stop. I get to shut things off for a little bit. I get to think about what, 
um, what the Lord is doing, what he, it's, it's, it's a call almost to remember kind of what God has been doing in our lives. So it's, it's that moment of getting to reflect on how he's blessed you, getting to re- reflect to be thankful for um, the, the things that he's doing in your life. Um, and so I think as we look at Sabbath, it is something that can be a pathway to walking in freedom from a lot of the ways that the world enslaves us. So, how do we celebrate Sabbath? What does that look like? Because, honestly, I think it's gotten more and more confusing over the years, and you kind of have these different things that mix together where um, some people are like, oh, well, it's really just about, like, you know, kind of like a, a, a self-help day. Like, take a day, just go out, rest, you know, do what makes you happy, um, like, unplug. And there's, there's even trends, like, you know, look in the secular world where people talk about taking Sabbath, and it really is kind of about them, about, well, I really need some time by myself to recover. I need some time to disconnect. Um, but when we read in Scripture and God talks about Sabbath, it is always a Sabbath unto the Lord. It's time spent with the Lord. It's time focused on the Lord. And so I, I do believe that the Lord really wants you to be able to delight in him that day. On, that, on a Sabbath day, he wants you to be able to rest Um, but it's always done unto him. It's always done in the connection of this day is not about me. This day is about realigning myself with him. Today is about bringing myself all the things that may have happened during the week, all the, you know, even the lies or the the things that the enemy might have been trying to speak in. This is a day of realignment for me to come back in and say, God, here I am. I want to be still before you. Um, I loved what Matt shared this morning because I do think that particularly in our world today, there's such a hurriedness Everywhere we go, there's such a pressure to hurry and to rush and, you know, to get things done. And, um, you know, there's even, like, can even feel kind of shameful to have a day where you stop and disconnect, like a day that you don't check email. I mean, uh, some people, you you have jobs, you have to do that. And, you know, I get that. And I think there's grace for that. But there is that sense of you always have to be connected. You always have to be doing something. Um, And so I really believe that there's... There's an opportunity, there's a gift that God has given us in being able to take a day and, and really just be with him. Yeah. Just stop and just be with him. Not have to think about all the other things that are happening, all the burdens that we carry in um, to, you know, that we're, we're carrying all week, that maybe even come in with us into Sabbath. There's a day that we get to just stop and say, God, here's, here's what I'm carrying. Can you take this? Can you carry this for me? And so um, I really think that as we talk about Sabbath, the idea of it being a day that frees us to rest and be in relationship with God is so key. Um, So I think uh, within that, um, it's a really interesting conundrum when it comes to taking Sabbath. And uh, for Megan and I, something that um, has been interesting on Sundays, uh, is every Sunday, you can all probably relate to this, you get done with the message, it's like 11.15, 11.30, maybe you're really social, you know, you leave church at like 12.30, you're starving. By the time you leave, you are ready for lunch, you're ready to, uh, to get some food, and Megan and I live in Lancaster City, so, and typically we're, we're some of the last to leave, so it's not unusual for us to get home at like 1 or 1.30. And every week, we'll drive home, and we'll get about halfway through the drive, and we'll see Taco Bell just in the distance. <laughs> and almost every week, we'll look at each other and say, but we could get Taco Bell today. Because we almost always have a plan. We almost always have, okay, like, 
there's something at home that's nutritious, that you know, we can eat when we get there, it might take a little bit of time, we're probably gonna have to make it, but like, it's there, but we have to wait for it, and we have to put some effort into it, and like, when we get home, then we have to cook it. Um, and so, every week we go through the struggle of like, you know, we could just pull in, it's like two bucks for a taco, and like, it's cheap, it's delicious, we'll feel so much better, like instantly, like it'll be that instant gratification that you get from it. Um, but then, um, and, this is nothing against Taco Bell. Um, but normally, for those of you who have eaten at Taco Bell, you know that in like two hours, you don't feel the best. Like, it's kind of one of those foods that just kind of sits in your stomach, and you just feel kind of gross. Um, and so while in the moment, it probably felt good. It probably felt like, oh yeah, this is great. Um, the long-term consequence of that choice is not great. Um, and I feel like this is a lot of times what we do when it comes to resting, when it comes to Sabbath, is we take the quick, the easy things to do to bring rest. You know, we take that, oh, like I could spend time with the Lord, but I, I could also watch this TV show, and that would be really quick and easy. Um, and that would be something that I could, you know, enjoy for, for my day. Um, and then we end up spending, you know, four hours watching something when, and no time with the Lord. Um, and then we wonder why we feel kind of gross during the week, or we wonder why we're having a hard time in our prayer life, um, or we wonder why the scripture just isn't really alive to us, um, but we've spent this time focusing on so many other things, trying to find rest, trying to find restoration and things that don't actually bring that, um, and that bring, maybe, maybe they bring some instant relief, but most of the time it's more distraction. You're just getting distracted, um, and so it's that, that moment of being able to come in and say, okay, what does it look like to actually rest? with the Lord? What does it mean to actually be able to, to find a rest that restores and to find a rest that allows us to actually delight in the Lord? Um, so uh, I want to really quickly just talk about an uh, instance with Jesus here. So Jesus and his disciples in Mark 2. Um, it's a Sabbath day, and I'm just going to read here Mark 2, 23 through 28. It says, one Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, and he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat? And he also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so I think within this, we really see God's heart behind this of the Sabbath. For, first of all, it's a heart issue for the Sabbath. So first of all, this isn't about doing something in particular. It's about what is the posture of your heart when you're going into this. Is the posture of your heart towards the Lord? Is it focused on him? Because you could spend all day you know, trying to pray or trying to spend time in God's presence, but if your heart is bitter and not in a good place, it's probably not going to be very productive. Probably not going to get very far. So the idea is, what is the posture of your heart going to Sabbath? Is your heart truly set on, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to soak in your presence. I want to I want to receive from you today. I want you to be the thing that renews me, that you to be the thing that, that strengthens me. I want, I want to bring my, my worries and my trouble to you. I want to process with you. Um, you know, is that the heart posture behind this? Or is it on doing a certain set of things, of doing a certain, um, a certain list of tasks 
that we kind of go through. We can make Sabbath really, really religious sometimes about, of it has to be, you know, a certain, it has to look a certain way. Um, and so I think within that, Jesus is saying, no, this is a gift to you. This is something that I want you to be able to be blessed by, just as, you know, he blessed creation and blessed the Sabbath. Sabbath is meant to be a blessing. It's meant to be a gift to us. So I think something that's really interesting that we don't think a lot about is um, for the Jewish people, when it came to Sabbath, this was actually kind of like a holiday every week that they took. Um, it was a celebration. It was something that they planned for, they prepared for. Um, typically, it would start, um, or it would start Friday night at sunset and run to Saturday at sunset. So it was this time frame of um, where they had a, a kind of festive spirit around it of this is, this is the time where we get to, we get to rest, we get to um, spend time with family. Family was very central to Sabbath. Um, and then it was also a time of getting to be in God's presence. They had some very uh, like routine things that they would go through with it at times of remembering, talking about what the Lord has done. Um, there'd be a time where the parents are blessing the children within the family, which I think that's an awesome habit for a Sabbath, right? Getting to just pass on the blessings that the Lord has given to the next generation. Um, so this was, this was kind of the cycle with it. Um, but something that's interesting with that, if you think about... Jewish society, particularly back then, and what that was like for them, it, this was mostly like an agrarian society. This, these were people, they worked in fields, they had animals, they had to prepare to take time off. There was preparation that went to it. There was thought. It didn't just happen. They couldn't just get to Friday night and be like, well, I guess the animals aren't eating tomorrow because like, it's Sabbath, I can't work. Right? They had preparation that went into this. And something Megan and I have, uh, you know, we've been married almost a year now, and so one of the things we've had to learn really with both of us now is we have to plan for Sabbath. We have to plan a schedule around this um, to the point of, like, okay, got to go grocery shopping the day before. We have to make sure that the house is clean so we don't feel like we're not able to actually rest on Sabbath. Like, there's almost a little extra work that goes into it. But the blessing then of being able to actually come home and rest, the blessing of being able to actually take that time is huge. Um, and so I think one of the things that we forget about is that Sabbath is something your whole week gets affected by. Um, it's something where you get to prepare for it for a whole week, and then you get to make it special. You get to make it a time that isn't just another day. It's not just a day that you don't have to work, but it's a time that you actually get to, to um, almost treat like a holiday with the Lord every single week. Um, and I think one of the, the things that can be kind of confusing sometimes when we talk about Sabbath is where, uh, where does church play into this? So what does it look like for church um, and Sabbath to, to be in the same space? Um, with that, because for some people, the idea of getting up at 8 a.m. on a Sunday to dress up and come to church does not sound restful. And not all of us feel like getting up every Sunday at 8 a.m. to get dressed up and come to church. And if you have kids, I guarantee you that probably does not sound like restful to get the kids dressed up to come to church on a Sunday. Um, so where, where does this play into? What does it mean um, for where does church fit into this? And I really think that particularly when it comes to church. Church is such an amazing opportunity for us to get restored in the Lord each and every week. Yeah. So it may, not, it, may not be, it may not feel like the way that you naturally rest in terms of like what you would choose to do typically, but it's, it's something that brings spiritual rest that oftentimes you won't even realize the rest that you're getting by being involved in something like church until you don't have it. 
because um, it builds over time. It's something where that consistency of coming into God's presence, of spending time in worship, of being able to fellowship with other believers, of being able to hear um, you know, a message of what God's doing or you know, getting into the word of God, um, it shapes you over time. And so it's something where when it comes to spending time in church, once again, it may not feel like the natural rest that you maybe sometimes crave, but it's something that brings a spiritual rest that is so important. Um, and so if you're able to take Sunday as a Sabbath, what a great opportunity, because it's got this framework already for you to come into God's presence and rest with him. It's got this framework for you to come in and be able to get realigned, to have uh, brothers and sisters that can come around you and encourage you, and that you can be encouraging to as well. Because once again, Sabbath is not just about you. Sabbath is about the Lord. It's about being able to come into his presence and letting him change and transform you each week. Okay, so um, I think a couple things that are helpful just as we think about uh, resting with the Lord, um, some things to just really reflect on, um, and worship team, actually, you guys can go ahead and start uh, coming up here. Um, first one is, how am I resting on the Sabbath? So I do believe that Sabbath should include, like, actual rest. Um, so there is the standpoint of, you know, on our Sabbath, Megan and I typically do plan a nap in there. Like, we're like, hey, we want to take a nap. Um, don't take it during Sunday morning service. Just putting that out there. I don't, I don't see anyone donning off right now, so that's good. But just clarifying that. Um, but yeah, plan, like, plan a time to like, actually get some rest in. Plan a time to actually get some time where you can physically rest as well. Um, I think that's a really great gift from the Lord to be able to do that. Uh, something that I've heard, I'm not sure who originally said this, I think it's, it's kind of one of those common things that gets thrown out there, but if you have a job where all week you are sitting at a computer using your mind, having to, to do that, Sabbath is a great day to get outside. It's a great day to use the other side, to enjoy another thing that the Lord has given you and blessed you with. And so I think, um, like, be intentional with that, experiment, figure out what really brings some restoration to you um, when it comes to Sabbathing. Um, think about what really brings true, true rest to you. Like for most people, I think um, there are things that actually bring like a true rest, being able to walk uh, in creation or go for a bike ride or even just time with family. Um, you know, I think having that time is really helpful. Uh, and I think something that's been really helpful as well is if you struggle with getting up in the morning, start your Sabbath the night before. Start it at like, you know, do what the, the Jewish people uh, have done for years, like centuries. Take it, start it out like sundown the night before. Have that time where you're able to enter in to Sabbath uh, beforehand. You know, start it with a meal. Start it with time with family. Start, start it with remembering what the Lord has done um, over the week. And have that be the kickoff to your Sabbath. Um, I think that's a great way to, to enter in. Uh, and the second question I would ask you is, how are you connecting on Sabbath? So when we think about sabbath it's not just meant as a time um, once again to rest it's meant of time to connect with the lord and also to connect with the body of christ to connect with family and so think about how am i intentionally connecting uh, when it comes to sabbath how am i spending that time of uh, being able to really connect with what with god what he's doing but then also connect with my family connect with the people i'm around uplift encourage um, i love the idea of on sabbath taking time to remember what god has done over the past week so even if it's you know 
If you're in a family, it's great to do that as a family. If you're a single person, even just making it intentional to like have coffee with somebody and just talk about like what God's doing in your life. Make that something where you're able to reflect on it and give thanks and remember. And then also take time to think about and pray for the coming week. Use it as a launching pad into what's coming up. Use it as a time to really be able to surrender those things to the Lord. Not from a planning standpoint, but just as a surrendering standpoint. Um, and then the last point, this kind of is the combination of the two, is how are you being restored on Sabbath? So I think one of the big blessings of having Sabbath is that you get to be restored. Um, it's a time where you get to the, the areas that you've been depleted in, the things that you feel like you've carried with you. Um, it's a chance for you to come and get restored during that time. And I think that both resting and connecting play into, rest, into um, the restoration part. So I would just encourage you, even have some time after Sabbath to reflect and say, did that actually restore me? Do I actually feel like that was something that um, was really helpful and being able to, to connect um, with the Lord, to be able to connect with um, other people, uh, to be able to rest. You know, if you get to the end of a Sabbath and you just feel worn out, then the resting part probably didn't go so well. So maybe think about that. Maybe think about, okay, what does it mean for me to actually rest um, and take some time to reflect on that? Um, so yeah, we're going to go into a time of worship here. I just encourage you, think about that. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to speak into that. Ask him, to even speak to you as a person, because every person is different. So every person um, is probably going to rest a little bit differently. Some people are going to connect a little differently. So ask the Holy Spirit, how have you made me, and what does it mean for me to rest? What are some things that you would love for me to do on Sabbath to be able to connect with you, connect with others, and to rest? Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.